0: What's going on? Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It is heard live every day from noon to three on WBT radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content like invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with all of the links, become a patron. Go to the Pete Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And again, thank you so much for your support. Donald Trump wins South Carolina's GOP presidential primary. Spread is about 20 points, just under, I mean, it's it's 20 points. If you just round up his, he's like 30, or he was at, um, what, 59.8%, and Nikki Haley was at 39-point-something percent. So if you just round up both of their numbers, it's 60-40. That's 20 percentage points separating the two. I'm as shocked as you are. I know. Um So while the Haley campaign reported that they had seen a surge in small donations, one of the big backers of her campaign uh, says uh, they're out, no longer going to spend any money. This is Americans for Prosperity Action, a uh, powerful conservative group, as defined by Politico. In an email to staff obtained by Politico, Americans for Prosperity CEO Emily Seidel Said that the group's political arm, AFP Action, had to, quote, take stock of its spending priorities after Haley's loss in the South Carolina primary. The Koch brother aligned, although it's, not, I guess, one of the brothers is dead, so it's just the Koch family, the Kochs. Um, they will now focus its efforts on uh, competitive Senate and House races. Did they not think this is what was coming? This does make me wonder. It really does. Look, you know me. I, I don't make predictions on elections. Right? I gave that up in 2016. But if I was in the business of predicting electoral outcomes to the point where I am going to be spending millions of dollars, I think the total that I heard that they had spent for Nikki Haley's campaign was over $30 million. million. That's nuts. She made it clear that she will continue to fight and we wholeheartedly support her in this effort. But given the challenges in the primary states ahead, we don't believe any outside group can make a material difference to widen her path to victory. There's no way. And it took South Carolina's 20 point drubbing to. To convince you of that. Again, I'm not making predictions, but if I was in the business of making predictions, I think I would be, I don't know, either better at it or retiring. After Or yeah, after this performance, you lose by 20 points. And that was with a whole bunch of Democrats voting yeah, for her. Yeah. So a lot. Okay. So here, I've got some audio. And um, let me make sure I want to. Somebody sent this to me. I forget. Uh, it was... Uh, well, it's a Twitter account. Yeah, it's a Twitter account named Mama Tooted. So, anyway, uh, this was from a uh, C SPAN interview. The uh, interviewer is an employee of South Carolina Public Radio named Felicia Eady, and she is interviewing a woman named Tiffany James who is the South Carolina Senior Advisor for Primary Pivot, Super PAC. Primary Pivot, Super PAC. Explain the messaging behind that and the purpose behind that messaging. Yes,
1: our whole purpose is to preserve and protect our democracy. Oh. And we want to do that by any means necessary. never voted in the Republican primary, you had an opportunity tonight to vote for um, Haley against Donald Trump. Not because you love Haley, but because you are for a pro-democracy candidate.
0: Okay, so uh, it's very uh, difficult to hear because the music is you know, jacked up in the background. Because for some reason, I don't know why this is, people think that the music, or really anything, has to be super, super loud in order for you to have a good time. I've never understood this. Uh, If anything, it makes me have have the opposite of a good time. Unless you're going to dance, right? Then that makes sense. But are people actually dancing at a campaign event for Nikki Haley in South Carolina for the primary? Is that really what you go to that event to do, to dance? If so, that's kind of weird because... Like, I can see if she won being so happy, then you start dancing. But dancing beforehand seems weird because everybody kind of knew she was going to lose. It was just a question of by how much. Anyway, I thought this was interesting that Tiffany James says that uh, they are there to protect the democracy um, by any means necessary. Which seems weird because that leaves a whole bunch of things, a whole bunch of strategies and tactics out there available to you that don't actually protect the democracy, right? Like, you could act in an undemocratic fashion in order to protect the democracy, right? If that's the standard, if the standard is by any means necessary, that is, right, then, right, that's the ends justify the means. That's not an ethic. Well, it is an ethic. It's not an ethical ethic, though.
2: Concern that folks who would normally not vote in the Republican primary, primary, any concerns that their action in doing so would hurt who they would normally vote for, President Biden, down further down the road as we get closer to November.
1: This actually helps um, President Biden because the longer she stays in the race, the more damage is trying. The more it drains his resources, the more he has an opportunity to say something really ridiculous in order for people to doubt him. So this gives um, President Biden and his team time to build resources and to um, come up with a strategy in order to win against um, Donald Trump, because we know he's going to be the the nominee eventually.
0: So this is a Democrat at Nikki Haley's event (laughs) on Saturday. right? Talking about how we all know Trump's going to be the nominee, but the point here is to drain his resources and to keep him out on the campaign trail to get him to say something stupid. That's the strategy. Huffington Post earlier in February, way back on February 3rd, said Tiffany James has spent her career working to advance Democratic priorities And that's why she's committed to helping Nikki Haley beat Donald Trump in South Carolina's GOP presidential primary. Quote, we want to convince people to put country over party. Well, they want to convince Republicans to do that. They don't want to convince Democrats to do this. Just right now for this primary, for the Republican primary, please put put the country, quote-unquote, over your party, Republicans. Now, we're not going to do that <laughs> when when we go to the polls. No, don't be crazy. We're not voting for Dean Phillips in our primary. He's not even on the ballots. Come on. She says that uh, the democracy is at stake, of course. She's a South Carolina organizer for primary pivot, pivot a national super PAC, whose goal is to persuade Democrats to vote in open primaries for Nikki Haley. Quote, we need to make the best decisions and put our vote strategically towards someone who can help keep our democracy intact. Slight problem with the strategy. Nikki Haley polls above Biden. And so if your strategy actually works and she becomes the nominee, Biden could lose to her. (laughs) Which... I'm not sure you guys have thought this all the way through. (laughs) All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply. Camping and hiking supplies, even because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com, veteran owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Tiffany James, Democrat, activist, organizer in South Carolina, working for a super PAC called Primary Pivot. She's a South Carolinian who has worked on Democratic presidential campaigns of Pete Booty Gig and John Kerry. She realizes this isn't the easiest sell for many Democrats to get them to vote for Nikki Haley in the GOP primary. But the idea is not that they have to vote for Haley in the general or that they even have to switch party registration. It's a one time vote for Haley with the goal of stopping the candidate seen as the most dangerous of the two remaining GOP options, neither of whom Democrats actually want getting anywhere near the White House. Here was, again, um, Tiffany James speaking to South Carolina Public Radio's, uh, what's her name here, I have it written down, Thalisha Eady, and this was on C-SPAN.
2: We just had a conversation with former first lady, Jenny Sanford, and she said Nikki Haley needs to continue her messaging moving forward, and we we believe she'll do that. She said she's not going to drop out of the race. She's going to push through into Super Tuesday, but she also said that people and the media need to start. Working with primary pivots. what were your what were you hearing from Democrats and Independents? How were they falling um, when it came to how they would cast their ballots if they cast one at all?
1: No, absolutely, um, a lot of people were skeptical about Haley and I would tell them this is not about her. This is about the future of our country. This is about whether or not you will be able to vote in 2028. And if uh, Trump is our president, then that is highly likely that we won't be able to vote in 2028. If she or President Biden is our president, we will still have our democracy and we'll be able to vote um, Haley out if she wins and vote for a candidate that we do like.
2: What's been the reaction from <laughs> Democrats, Republicans, and what do things look like for you guys moving forward?
1: Well, the reaction from Republicans haven't been the best reactions.
0: No, I um, wonder but why. For Hamilton
1: voters, there have been wonderful reactions. Um, they understand that it, it takes the general public um, to, to vote for a candidate of this United States of America, not just a certain subset of America. What? So um, they've been excited. Democrats, Um, You know, some Democrats were not favorable of it, but um, after we talk to Democrats about, you know, our purpose, about how our democracy matters, how our ancestors, specifically black Democrats, how our ancestors fought to keep this democracy alive, um, they start to understand it and they start to believe that they too can help make this union perfect and help us become a more perfect nation, keeping our democracy intact.
0: I kind of feel like somebody gave her a talking point about, you know, saving the democracy and that she just keeps using it. I don't. Does that work? I I know I mock the phrasing a lot and, uh, you know, maybe I'm just too close to it all. But and that's why I hear it so many times. And maybe if you don't hear it as often as I hear it, maybe it's not as stupid sounding, you know. I mean, like she's saying, "Oh, we're not going to be able to vote in 2028." What? Why? Oh, because Donald Trump is going to what? In 2028, he's going to refuse to leave the White House. If he if he left the White House in 2020 or 2021, right after January 6th, he still left the White House. He still says he did it in an interview with Fox News's Brett Baer. He talked about how. The election was stolen. He actually won that election. That's what he said, that he won the election. Okay, why did he leave the office? If he says he won, but he still vacated the White House, why do you think that in 2028, after he serves another four years, that he would somehow, what, not vacate the White House when he has no legitimate claim on the White House, because he can't run again? Or are you saying he would just... What cancel elections somehow? This is the thing I don't understand. Like these fever dreams that leftists have about Trump, they don't they they don't make a lot of sense to me because of what I witnessed, right? What we all saw. When I, I I keep asking Democrats the same question, I have never gotten an answer on it, which is if Trump was such a tyrant and he was the next incarnation of Hitler, first off, um why did he? Why did he step down? Why did he leave? That is not like that's the worst tyrant ever. Also, he didn't kill millions of people, so there's that, All right. So if he's if he's literally Hitler, I I, I fail to see how he is measuring up to that standard. You know, the guy is he's, he's not even FDR. He's not even running for multiple terms. I heard somebody call in. I think was that Vince's show? Somebody called in and was talking about how the founders set up term limits for the president. Like, no, they didn't. Congress did that. Congress set up term limits after Roosevelt because they were like, "Holy cow, this this populism thing is gonna is gonna install a king." And maybe that's what Democrats are talking about. Maybe they are very afraid that Donald Trump will be like the next FDR. He's just a couple of like big. Government programs away, <laughs> like the Tennessee Valley Authority or something. Just do a couple big projects and then, you know, you'll get four terms. I don't know. Maybe that's what they're talking about. All right. Hey, maybe you have heard by now DraftKings sports book is coming to North Carolina. It's coming soon. On March 11th to be exact. DraftKings is one of America's top-rated sports books with same-game parlays, money lines, and props. The best features like Odds boost and live betting and social betting groups where you can share your bets with your friends in real time. DraftKings is safe, it's secure and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. And it all starts on March 11th. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and then place your bets on your favorite sports once it goes live. And again, it goes live on March 11th. And now here's the disclaimer gambling problem call 877-718-5543 or visit morethanagame.nc.gov 21 plus north carolina only eligibility restrictions apply subject to regulatory licensing requirements and see terms at draftkings.com sportsbook slash nc all right let me go over here and talk to jason hello jason welcome to the program how are you
1: hey pete how you doing
0: hey. today? i hope you're doing well
1: i am uh, just uh, had a question for you. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, to my understanding, we have a republic and not a democracy, as everybody's saying, and these people in government should know that we have a republic. Uh, you know, why are we so dead set on saving the democracy when that's not even what we have? Because...
0: And that's uh, not how the... I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, because it serves a purpose, Right. Is getting people away from the language of a constitutional republic in favor of the democracy uh, allows them to then make people believe that we have, you know, four wolves and a lamb voting on dinner. That's right. That's the model they want. And by the way, they would not want this model if they knew it would yield losses for them electorally. Right. They, the reason right. why right, the reason why they promote the concept of democracy is because they believe they are the wolves in that scenario that get to vote on the dinner. Well, hey, I appreciate it. Great show, lovely you, to, to you. All right, man, I appreciate it. Thanks, Jason. Um, yeah, that's it. It's there's nothing. It's just it's it's in service to a larger cause, right? Which is to get enough people to think that we have a democracy versus a constitutional republic. Look, there. I mean, yes. This, I mean, the way you go about electing people at the local level and even into, you know, Congress, right, yes, those are majority votes. But the the larger system at a constitutional, at a federalism level, right, is a constitutional republic. It's not, we, we do not elect people, not even the president. I always tell people, you know, if you look at the presidential election, not as a national election on election day, but as 50 state elections all being held on the same day because that's what it is. There are 50 different elections. They're all being administered by different states that then report in the results. And then the electors out of the electoral college are allocated based on those results. That's it. And that's by design. The founders did not want the passions of the mob to dictate the direction of policy. Because mobs uh, are unpredictable, right? Violent, irrational. So they wanted to temper that. Um, this is back to the uh, Huffington Post article from earlier in the month talking with this woman, Tiffany James, from Primary Pivot. A super PAC that was backing Nikki Haley in South Carolina, and she said we would rather have a Haley Biden election in November, (laughs) which I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure you do, actually. Um, The Huffington Post says that logic may not make sense to Democrats who have seen Haley's poll numbers against Joe Biden. Many national polls have Haley doing better than Trump in a head-to-head matchup with Biden, meaning that Haley has a better shot than Trump of actually becoming the next president. A poll from Quinnipiac University released Friday showed Haley beating Biden 47 to 42% if she's the nominee. Look, you know me, I don't really care about all of these individual polls like this. You know, people find the polls they want to advance whatever narrative and story they want to tell. But this is a concern. Like, this is the problem with the strategy, I think. Which is, be careful what you wish for there, Democrats, because if you are successful and she becomes the nominee, you, you you might be the dog that catches the car, you know? Senator Peter Welch, Democrat from Vermont, said, it's too gamey. We would not have an impact. Even though it has some theoretical appeal to hurt and make it tougher for Trump, I don't think it's a worthwhile pursuit for us. South Carolina Democrats have their own primary or had their own primary on Saturday, Um, although he, you know, Biden had just a, you know, nominal challenge from Dean Phillips. Um, Establishment Democrats would much rather have had their voters cast a ballot for Biden than for Nikki Haley. The New York Times reported last week that Democrats are warning their voters not to vote in the Republican contest. Later in the piece, they go on to say, ultimately, any delay in seizing the nomination stands to hurt Trump and the RNC financially. Any delay. So this is I mentioned this last week, I think we were talking a little bit about this, where there are certain efficiencies that uh, the candidate gets and the party gets once if they're declared to be the nominee. The RNC just had its worst fundraising year in more than a decade. By the way, Ronna McDaniel making it official that she's going to, you know, she's going to resign after super Tuesday. So she'll be out. Um, The RNC ended last year with just $8 million in cash on hand. However, once Trump becomes the official nominee, then he and the RNC can start jointly raising significantly larger amounts of money from individual donors sums that have been available to Biden since the beginning of his campaign. Money, meanwhile, is also where Haley stands to benefit the most from Democrats. Even small-dollar donors will help her survive through Super Tuesday races in March. Haley's allied super PACs have already raked in big money from high-profile Democrat donors, including LinkedIn co-founder Reid Hoffman and tech investor Matt Kohler. Haley's campaign reported raising more than $17 million last quarter with $14 million left over to spend in the coming months. That is a healthy sum that gives her breathing room to stay in the race beyond South Carolina and to make more trouble for Donald Trump. This is the challenge. This is why she's staying in. This has got to be the only explanation. There are are Democrat donors that are backing her campaign in order to make Trump spend more money and to prevent him and the party from raising more money so it hamstrings him going into the general election. That's the play. So now the question is, why would Haley do that if she knows she cannot win, right? So for all of the talk and all of the animosity that uh, Trump supporters had towards Ron DeSantis, look what DeSantis did, though. He dropped out immediately. He's out, right? He's not... He's not going to try to harm Trump's chances in November. So what is Haley still doing? Hanging around, taking money from Democrats, preventing Trump from uh, uh, from fortifying with the RNC. I, I, I'm at a loss because here's the thing. And she says this on the campaign trail. She says, uh, you know, 70 percent of people of Americans want a different choice. Totally agree. Here's the problem. They're not going to get that from the Democrat side, right? Democrats are not going to entertain anybody other than Joe Biden unless Joe Biden dies or steps aside himself for 25th Amendment purposes, right? Senility. He steps aside. Can't do it. Not up to the job anymore. But does it after the convention or something. So... Like, I, I don't know why you're still like you think Democrats are going to put you on their ticket. <laughs> I'm unclear. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Can't believe it. I did not even know this. Were you? I, I don't. I've never heard of this before. Today's my day. I've just learned today is my day. Today is for Pete's sake day. Did you know that? I did not even know that this day existed. I mean, I knew that, like, February 26th existed. But I was not aware that there was a For Pete's Sake Day. For the love of me, how did I not know this? There's a day dedicated to the age-old expression of exasperation. So, for the love of me... Oh, this is... a Okay, so this is from the podcast... um, Podcast Pro Newsletter. And I just happened to see this, too. Between February 2020 and September 2023, so this would have been right in the right in the heart of COVID, right? February 2020 um, through last September, so for three years, U.S. government agencies received more than 8.5 million dollars to create their own podcasts. John, you do a podcast. That's what you, that, that's what it costs you to do yours, right? Uh, yes, that's bad, close to it. <laughs> <laughs> how come I didn't get any of that, that money? I, mean, did, I didn't even know it was available. I, I didn't until you just said it. Right. For, for my <laughs> sake, how did we not know there was $8.5 million out there just for the taken to do the Pete cast. According to the data from OpenTheBooks.com, at least 58 podcasts were produced during that period. Many of these productions focused on promoting liberal perspectives. <gasps> no, really? Gosh, couldn't see that one coming. It was also reported that in the past four years, significant funds have been spent on producing podcasts abroad that contribute financial aid to foreign nations. I'm as shocked as you are. Yeah, I am as shocked as you are. Um, So, okay, so $8.5 million. I should probably do the math on that. Although I was told there would be no math, but eight point five million dollars for fifty-eight podcasts. What is that like a hundred k per podcast? Almost a little bit more, maybe. Is that right? Yeah, sounds right. So, I mean, that's like the Pete Cast. That's my podcast. That's no. That's not John Moore podcast money. That's the. That's the Mine start with a B, like <laughs> in billions. Oh, that's right. uh many of the productions focused on uh, promotion or was it Um, these are for agencies i do wonder did they suffer from the pod fade because that's the that's a thing you know pod fade have you heard of the pod fade it happens like people start the podcast which by the way i encourage everybody Anytime I ever encounter anybody and they're like, oh, I thought about, you know, doing a podcast, I always encourage people to do it. If they, oh, I you know did college radio, I would love to do this. I always encourage everybody to do it. And the barrier of, en- uh, of entry is very, very low. The cost is very low now. It's not 8.5 million, unless you're working for GovCo. It's not, like, you can do it very, very cheaply. You can get yourself a board, a mixing board, Right? Laptop, you don't even need all that. You could actually just do it on your phone. I mean, it's going to sound like you just did it on your phone, but if you only have like, you know, mom and dad as subscribers, then it's okay. You just, you learn to do it. And here's the thing content is king. If it's good content, you'll be successful. People will find it. That's how it happens. That's how it goes. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't want to listen to the market signals like that. (laughs) And they think that, you know, what they're doing is fantastic, and it's just a matter of, you know, being discovered. And for some people, that is true. That's the hardest part, is 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 breaking through. Because there are somewhere now, I think there's close to like 2 million podcasts or something. There's a lot. But there are a lot of podcasts that that faded, the pod fade. People start off, they crank out an episode every other day, maybe once a week, once a month or something. And then it just starts getting not so, not so often, not so frequently, you know? It starts slowing down. Should I ask you? Have you pod faded, John Moore? How many podcasts are you guys cranking out? Oh my goodness! Well, I guess I faded off of one when I got invited to another, so I let the other one fade. Uh, and the newest one, I think we're up to about seventy so far—seventy pods, episodes, episodes. Oh yeah, episodes. You got to learn the language, dude. Ah, it's, a, it's a pods. That's like episodes. What are, what are these like uh, <laughs> K-cup coffees or yes. something? <laughs> I mean, so. Because you were doing your nebulous ramblings, yeah, right. Yeah. Yes, I was a subscriber. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and now you're doing the the Free Amigos, yeah. podcast. And uh, so, how many how many are you, are you doing on those? I think we're up to seventy episodes of that. Like, but it's like once a week. Yeah, yeah, once, once or a twice week. a week. There you go. So, all right. So, as long as you keep on the treadmill, you keep cranking out the content. Because the rule in pod world is that you're only as good as your last thirty days. Yeah, that's it. So if you don't crank out something every thirty days, you're not getting the you're not getting the eyeballs or the earbuds then uh or eardrums, I guess it would be. Yeah, yeah eyeballs and eardrums. Earbuds would be the the headsets. But I guess yeah. yeah, that's fine too. Anyway, did you know there was another uh a balloon? There's another balloon flying overhead. Did you know this? I heard about that. Yeah. High altitude hot air balloon. Or a, a, an H A H A balloon of unknown origin as they call it so this is a high altitude hot air balloon of unknown origin that's benign likely benign so a ha ha bualba is what that's what i call it because i you know it's a high altitude h-a-h-a-b-u-o-l-b all right that'll do it for this episode thank you so much for listening i could not do the show without your support and the support of the businesses that I advertise on the podcast so if you'd like please support them too and tell them you heard it here you can also become a patron at my patreon page or go to the pete again thank you so much for listening and uh, don't break anything while i'm gone